Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hello, Kevin B. Listener. This is Omar, a.k.a. Homar. Yes, it is true. I am very good looking. But we're not here to talk about me and my hotness. If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going. One, two, three. Four, five, six. Ever since I can remember, I was popping my collar, popping, popping my collar. Pluto is, has been, and will always be the ninth planet. Why would we make Pluto a planet again? We've already rectified that mistake. Mistake? Hasn't Pluto been through enough already? Eris is bigger. By 15 miles. By your logic, why don't we make everything a planet? Why don't we make that nativity Jesus a planet? Why don't we make your forehead a planet? And now. There are two kinds of people in this world, and you ain't one of them. <laughs> Our feature presentation. Morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It's Thursday morning, the 5th of September. Hey, kids. Morning. Yellow. What's up? <sighs> what? Already? Hmm. I'm just, I'm trying to move on. Behind the scenes, Kevin and Allie are overhearing stories about the president. But you expect me to do a radio show without talking about Sharpie Gate. And I just, I don't, I don't know how to do it. I don't know if it's a political story as much as it is like uh, a Florida story that we would normally tell. Yes. Or it's, even it's an a, animal story. It's a Florida, yeah, it's a Florida story. Or it's a story... Kevin, you don't watch the news because you're a kid. No. Are you familiar with Sharpie? By the way, nor do I want to because I don't like politics at all. But the, I'm but not familiar as, with this. As no. Jensen says, this is okay. not really a political story. You know right? how we do that people are dumb feature? Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. Allie, would you allow Sharpie Gate? Sure, but be sure to email Bean when you say, why do you always talk about political stuff? Because regardless that you're telling the story, <laughs> mm-hmm. I will get the emails about how this show is only political since I joined. And this show is barely political. Yeah, we guess may, what? We, we may mention politics once every three weeks. You we know may that mention doesn't matter, though. It doesn't life. matter. And the fact that you're saying it, again, doesn't matter. But please proceed. But it's Sharpie Gate. I can't wait for Sharpie Gate. Let's have it. Jensen, you want to tell her or should I? Um, I'll, I'll chime in. I'll give the seasoning. Okay. You go ahead. So, obviously, the, the topic of Hurricane Dorian is very serious. And the president is right to be on top of it. He canceled his trip to Poland so that he could, uh, you know, golf oh. and keep an eye on the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, he mistakenly, at one point last week, was talking about the potential targets for 
Hurricane Dory. Now, obviously, Florida was the most concerned, and the state of Florida got very, very lucky that it never came on shore. It still hasn't come on shore. It's a slow-moving hurricane that yeah. is now uh, in the Carolinas and still has not come on, on shore. It's still it's like, like almost stopping at times. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's the craziest weather phenomenon we've ever seen. But at one point, he mistakenly, in the list of states that needed to be prepared, mentioned Alabama. Now, Alabama is way too far uh, inland to have been affected by this storm beyond perhaps some way outer band showers. That was it. So Alabama was in no danger. Right. So he said that. And because he's the president, people took that seriously because they figured he had access to the best information. Well, a few minutes after that, the National Weather Service put out a bulletin that said uh, Alabama is in no danger from the storm. That is not happening. Don't worry about it. Alabama, you're fine. Keep being Alabama. Right. Mm -hmm. Keep being so, Alabama was the end of the email. <laughs> that's what they said, right. So an ABC uh, reporter reported on this saying, oh, the president said Alabama, but clearly Alabama is not in the in the, the path of the storm, according to the National Weather Service. What up? And then the president just lashed out at that reporter about how ABC News was fake news and she should be fired and it was wrong and it was bad. And OK, like he does every time somebody, you know, points something out. OK, so now we get to Sharpie game. So yesterday in his office, he's talking about the update on the storm. And I don't know why the president is the guy giving updates on the storm. I feel like I feel like FEMA, maybe. I feel like the National Weather Service. I feel Even like, somebody... like Fritz Coleman would be more higher on <laughs> that. Take it easy. Okay, yeah, I, I feel like he's not the guy who should be doing it. So he pulls out, Kevin, from behind his desk, a map of the southeastern United States. Okay. That from a couple of days ago that shows the potential path of the hurricane going up the east coast. And it has... I don't know, a little balloon coming off the hurricane showing the area that may be affected by it, or God forbid it goes inland, actually may have a hurricane. Okay. Somebody took a Sharpie and extended the range of where the hurricane might hit. Somebody. Into Mm. the state of Alabama. Somebody added a little Sharpie bubble around, around the little bubble that was on the actual map. To make Alabama like a, part of it. Like a little tip. But wasn't the bubble on the map a complete, like, yeah. circle? Different and color. So they had and to then add to it? Another color. And then <laughs> the, a black color. Sharpie circle on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that Alabama would be would be part of it. And because... to someone's credit, someone asked, why yes. is there a Sharpie? Why, why is there a Sharpie penned section? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And he said, I don't know. He I don't said, know. I don't know three times. And, yeah. again, hey, reporters... How about a follow-up? What do you mean you don't know? You were you received this. How was it changed by the time we came to do the story? Mm-hmm. That's the follow-up. Mm. You let people get away with lies, and they keep lying. Yes, correct. Congratulations. So, let me tell you, I'm a really smart guy. Right, but the point is, Kevin, the president of the United States, or on the president's in- instructions... Yeah. Mm-hmm added a, sh- a sharpie to a map to make it look like Alabama at one time was in the path of the storm because he mistakenly said it four days ago and will not admit that he was wrong on that. Instead, is lashing oh, out so at Oh, so this is a backup for something he said. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Because he's the one who put Alabama in the path of the storm where it wasn't. So now he's saying, hey, without pointing it out, Look at all this proof I have that at one point Alabama was in danger. Today, I'm very proud of myself. This happened for real. Yeah, like if that was on Veep, you'd, you'd laugh. you go, no, it'd make it more realistic. Yeah, it'd yes. be good writing, but yeah. it would never happen. <laughs> Too far. Mm-hmm.
How do you think you can? How do you think you can pull that off, though? I don't know, but I know you're going to have a heart attack mm-hmm. and a stroke <laughs> at the same time, right? Because you watch it so closely. You didn't have to pay very close attention yesterday nope. for Sharpie Gate. I'm you not didn't. saying Sharpie Gate only, but I'm saying mm-hmm. in the in the two years leading up to Sharpie Gate, right? Every minute of your life is spent on this. And I I know this is shocking. Uh, this afternoon there will be something else. I know for we'll you to f- freak out about, and no one will remember Sharpie Gate. But Wrong. why? But how can people look at that and go, keep doing what you're doing? Thumbs up. I mean, Allie at krock.com. Allie at krock.com. No, this is a bean thing. If you got the answer. <laughs> I mean, that was worth it, right, Kevin? I mean, Sherby Gate's pretty strong. <laughs> I Too mean, late. Trolls are in motion. But in, unfortunately, Allie's right in that this will be forgotten maybe by today. Mm-hmm. Oh, it will. Because there's something else. Yeah. Right. So I so, just thought yeah, it, it was pretty spectacular. One of the most amazing things that I've ever seen with my own eyes. That's all. All right. Good times. Let's talk about today's Kevin and Beecho, shall we? Yes, sir, Jesus! I will do it! (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Drew's on the show today like we do on Thursdays. Yeah. We also do Get Up on This with Jensen. Mm Mm-hmm. We have Allie McKay, Dream Interpreter. Oh, Mm. I need her. Yeah, me too. Both Bean and Jensen need help. Uh Uh-oh. So... Allie's, I got to tell you, she's pretty spot on. Thank you, It's a little scary. Thank you, Kevin. Mugs, haven't you been having a recurring dream as well? Oh, my God. Every, it's every month. Throw them in the mix. Okay, throw them in the mix. Allie, it's one-stop shopping. She'll Mm. take care of all of us Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. We've got tickets for you to see. Yeah. Woo. We've got tickets to see Tool to give you today. Mm -hmm. We have Mm -hmm. RJ Bell because it's week one of his picks in the NFL. Can't wait. Love RJ. Excited about the season. And we have Steve Aoki. Wow. In studio talking about his new book, Blue, the Color of Noise. Which is an autobiography, and odd that it's so... It's What is it, 198 pages? It's not long. <laughs> it's but it's shortest. also important to address that it's B-L-U-E. Yes. it's <laughs> a great point, Jensen. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back with what's happening next. It's the Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. Hey, uh, Allie. Hey. What's happening on this Thursday morning? Remember when we talked about Kevin Hart getting into that accident and... Wow, it just seemed weird. Like, why do you have someone come pick you up from an accident? We had a lot of questions. A lot of questions. Yes. Uh, now we have even more questions. Uh-oh. Because TMZ spoke to the witness that was first on scene and called 911. Mm-hmm. And he told them that um, he thought Kevin was driving because he saw Kevin's security guard remove him through the driver's side window. Uh-oh. And then he walked up to the roadside. The caller says when Kevin got up to the road, he looked right at him, looked at the security guard, and then said, who the F is this? He and then he and Kevin then left in an Escalade, took mm. off. Lies, lies, and more lies, and lies on top of lies. A CHP says when they arrived on the scene, Jared was in the driver's seat. But stuck there, was he not? That's what we heard, is that he was stuck in the driver's seat, meaning how could they have switched or whatever? Don't know. I don't know. Hmm. TMZ has obtained the 911 call made from Kevin's home at 2.13 a.m. An unknown female caller says Kevin was in really bad shape. She said he's been in an accident, needs someone to come get him, and he's not coherent at all. Wasn't this like two hours after the accident? She said he can't move and had injured something on his back. She also said the accident happened 20 minutes ago. Hmm. Weird, because the accident happened at 12.45 a.m. Okay. That's why the you lying? <laughs> and you said what, 2.03? 2.13. 2.13. This a. is getting weirder, you guys. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still a little tipsy, but the world can kiss my ass. It's, uh, it's not looking great, you guys, uh, for uh, truth, first of all. <laughs> um, but here's an interesting thing. Kevin Hart was supposed to appear on the premiere episode of Kelly Clarkson's new talk show, The Kelly Clarkson Show, which premieres on Monday, September 9th. He, he can't make it. Um, he's Stuck in a had, car. Well, no, he oh. just had uh, surgery on his back. Um, so who steps in? Dwayne. Jared, the other the guy he switched spots with? No, no, oh. I think he's still in the hospital. He's still too. in the car. Oh. Good that you knew his name was Jared, though. Well, I remembered because I was like, Jared's a tough name these days. <laughs> right? It really is. Yeah. Here's who's stepping in. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Hey. Who, by the way, um, returning from his honeymoon oh. to replace Kevin Hart on the show. Here's what he tweeted. When my son, Kevin Hart, goes down <laughs> with an injury, his big daddy steps in. I did leave my honeymoon honeymoon early. Lauren approves because she loves Kelly. Lauren, his new wife, mm-hmm. and said, and now me and Kelly are new best friends. Which oh. I feel like, if anything good came out of this, The Rock and Kelly Clarkson now are best friends. Oh, and okay. I think they can do anything together. Uh, the Rock's a better booking. Oh, yeah, 100%. So. Do you think Kelly Clarkson was like, oh, no, we don't have Kevin Hart. And then the producer's like, don't worry, we got The Rock. And she's like, wait, we could have had The Rock anyway? That's unbelievable. So, yeah, just a uh, little update to the... Uh, a confusing little story. Kevin yes, Hart. we have not heard the end of this for oh, sure. No. Let's talk about some birthdays, you guys. Rose McGowan, Michael Keaton. By the way, someone in this room was very mad at her alarm. I'm the only she in this room, so it's me. <laughs> the other morning when I was in the middle of a dream where I was sitting next to Michael Keaton on a plane, mm-hmm. we were talking about where we were going. He didn't know a lot of people there. Oh, maybe we could meet up for dinner, something like that. And I was like, that sounds amazing. So you're hitting it off. Oh, hitting it off. Best conversation. And then, beep, 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 beep. Yeah. That was for sure going to happen in my dream okay. because that's how I feel about Michael Keaton. Top right, yeah. five list of men. I love him so much. Mm-hmm. My goddamn alarm went off. Oh, and that I, beeping. I really, I thought I, I could murder an alarm. I could murder it. It's plastic. So It's like walking out of a movie right when it gets to the most exciting part. Oh, exactly. But I can't go back into that movie. Right, true. Which sucks. I, uh, I can dream interpret that one. Oh, let's hear it. You're horny. Oh, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I can well done. That's it. And drummer for Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave, and currently Prophets of Rage, Brad Wilk. Happy birthday. And that's what's happening. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock. Makes me sad, but I almost never remember my dreams. I don't either. Huh. Almost never. But I did have one the other night, Allie, oh. and it was very strange to me. Mm. And I remembered that we have on the program an actual expert, Allie McKay, Dream Interpreter. What do they mean? Come on and tell me. Come on, let them know. Come on, Allie. Allie, Dream Interpreter. I like a pickle. Why can't my boobs get bigger? Allie Dream Interpreter. Wow! Don't pull out. Allie Dream Interpreter. Uh, smell it. Allie Dream Interpreter. Come on now, Allie. Suck it.
We should take out some of those drops that don't fit because a that lot makes, of them, yeah, yeah I mean, don't really fit. Let's go ahead and change it's that. Weird, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Thanks, Kevin, for <laughs> no understanding. Worries. Absolutely, it's awesome. Um, happy to help. All I have to do is just mention it, and you're right. going to take care of it. Sure, I'm sure it'll be gone the next time. Cool. <laughs> it's hurtful, you guys. <laughs> One of the things that's uh, so frustrating for me and for for anybody who has dreams is why does there have to be so much GD symbolism in dreams? Why can't it just be what it is? Why why is why does something why have to stand by in it? for something else? Mm-hmm. No, I'm just trying to figure out why dreams work that way. You okay. know, like when, when somebody's falling, 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 you'll often hear, Oh, you feel like your life is out of control. Why can't your life just be out of control in the dream? You know what I mean? Just why all the symbolism? giant billboard that says your life is out of control? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Ali, I woke up and I actually remembered this one and it's very bizarre to me, but apparently I was Agent Mulder for the last season <laughs> of The X-Files. Wow. Okay? Okay. So The X-Files came back. And you know, Bean was <laughs> Agent Mulder for that whole series. Right. For that for the highly acclaimed, yep. uh, you know, reboot. Uh, so I, I, for whatever reason, David Covey didn't get the job or didn't want the job or something like that. So I apparently auditioned and I got the job. So the whole last season of The X-Files, I was Agent Mulder. Okay? <laughs> okay. All right. And then it gets weird. Oh, so, then it gets weird. Uh-huh. So, um, Fox, was it Fox? Was it on Fox? Mm-hmm. So, Fox yes. decides they're going to do another new season. And they call me up and they go, okay, you're still, you're still Agent Mulder. You still have the job. But you need to audition. It's a formality. But you need to audition because we're, uh, we're, we have to see other people also to play Agent Mulder. Okay. Maybe so, there's a better one out there. Don't worry about it. It's yours, but oh. we have to go through the process. And I was so mad at that. I'm like, I'm Fox Mulder. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you really took that on in one season. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I'm Fox Mulder. No, no, nobody else can come in here and take my job away from me. Screw it. I don't want to be on the next series of The X-Files. So I refused to audition, and they ended up getting somebody else to play Agent Mulder. So, Allie, please interpret that dream for me, would you? It's so simple, Bean. Wow. First of all, uh, what was The X-Files about? Well, it was about the search for the truth. Uh-huh. The mm-hmm. unknown, really, yeah, sure. is what it was. Aliens, a lot. A lot. But the the over, like, the whole theme was the unknown. They're tr- That's right. The truth is out there. That's right. What are you in search of very soon? Um, a job? A new job. You're uh-huh. nervous about the future. It's all the great unknown. So you get this gig, you're kicking ass at it, and then they want you to audition for another one. That gig that you got has been radio your whole life. Right. Now you're going to move to England, and they have the audacity to have you sit in there and, oh, I have to actually audition for this? I, give me a break. I've done it for 30 years. Or... <laughs> Wait, I thought that was perfect. I was, or, I, was uh, I was buying it. Or like most men and women, you just want a bone Jillian. I mean, Which that's one? true too. Is that probably it? That's probably both. The end. Um, well, that's definitely true uh, when I'm awake. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why it wouldn't be when I'm yeah. asleep. But I think mostly the job part. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. You're just, that's... you're nervous, and it's it's seeping into your dreams, which makes perfect sense. I just, again, I don't know why the X-Files were involved. <laughs> I don't because know why. it's the unknown. You're stepping into a, a part of your life that you have no control over right now. I tell you, Allie's really good at this. She's really you. good at this. Thank mm-hmm. you. Okay. Allie Dream Interpreter. Woo! 
real quick, let's hit uh, Jensen's before okay. we have to take a break, and then we're going to give you some tool tickets. Uh, okay. So I, uh, this is not as detailed. Okay. And this is not a bit. 95% of my dreams take place in a casino or shopping mall. Almost, every, and not, it doesn't always have to just take place in just those spots, mm-hmm. but I always end up at some point in a casino or shopping mall, and I am rushing mm-hmm. to get something done or find someone within these uh, two uh, commerce centers. Simple. <laughs> a mall, she can't be stumped, you guys. A mall represents choices. Tons of different stores around. You're not going to one specific store that's mm-hmm. not in a mall because you need all of those choices. You want to be able to make the decision once you're there, but you want to see everything around you so you know you're making the right decision. You are struggling right now with a bunch of things happening, mm-hmm. and you have to figure out which choice you want to make. The casino. Well, that represents risk, Jensen. Okay. And you are afraid that you are doing something and you're going to make the wrong decision. Oh, do I risk it? Because you don't know the outcome of that decision. So you're like, oh, do I play my whole hand here or do I do this? So guess what? Hmm. You also love Orange Julius. I do, I do love Orange Julius. Yeah. She I guess both are right. Yeah, that is a lot the of that, A lot of that spoke to me, but nothing as much as the Orange Julius <laughs> Thank part. Thank you. You're welcome, you guys. You do a good I job would... with that. Dream interpreter. <laughs> Nailed it. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Hey, you guys. Uh, it's Tool time. Uh-huh. <laughs> Giving away some tickets to see Tool at Staples Center on the 20th or 21st of October. The game is called Name That Tool. Can you name that tool? Tool. If you do, you'll rule. Rule. Because you'll go see Tool. Just name that. Name that tool. Tool. Name that tool. Tool. Name that tool. Allie, didn't we already play this game where people identified chainsaws and weed whackers? We did. Yeah, we would play a clip and you'd be like, oh my gosh, that's a vibrator. And then you would uh, go in the drawing to win tickets. This is a little different. I am going to describe a person that most likely you think is a tool. And what's a tool? Like a a D-bag. Maybe somebody with a big ego that shouldn't have one. Um, Someone that just kind of treats people like, ugh. All right. You know know what a tool is. You see a guy and you're like, what a tool. A genuine POS. A genuine POS. Absolutely. So I'm going to describe them. Wait until it's all done because some will have audio clues and some might throw you off. So don't just interrupt and say the name you're going to be wrong. All right. And I want to help you. Let's start with Chris in West Hills. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Hey, Chris. I'm going to ask you the name of this tool. He's an Emmy award-winning actor from a show made up of tools. But his character, Ari Gold, on Entourage was perhaps the king of all tools. He's said to eat fish two times a day for the past 20 years. He dropped out of the Broadway show Speed the Plow due to mercury poisoning. But producers claim he just wanted out and breached his contract. But that's a lot of fish. Who is this tool? Would that be Jeremy Piven? It would be, Chris. Name that tool. You are in the drawing. Nicely Good job. Done. He's very tooly. He's a super tool. Straight up tool. All right. Is it Yvonne in La Puente? Yes. 
Hey, Vaughn. All right, I'm going to ask you to name this tool that we first got to know on TV back when he starred in The Hills. He's since tried to shed his tool persona. He married his former and current Hills co-star. He shares videos of hummingbirds and sells crystals now, but I mostly remember him of how he explained that you can't pick your family. We're not friends. We're brother and sister. We're not going to be friends. We're brother and sister. That's it. At the end of the day, I can't change. I can't make you un-my sister. You can't call the (laughs) brother-sister line and say, hey, I don't want 70 to be my sister anymore. I can't do that. The phone doesn't work. I tried. He tried. He did try. Uh, Yvonne, who is that tool? I don't know his name. should reward these people for not knowing his you're name. So right. yeah. You're so right. But you can picture that face, which may be more <laughs> annoying than not winning. And I'm sorry, Yvonne. That tool is Spencer Pratt. Mm-hmm. All oh. right. Thank you for the call. He now sells crystals is enough to call anyone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I could end all of these with he now sells crystals. Our next contestant <laughs> is Tanya in Calabasas. Good morning, Tanya. Good morning. Hey, Tanya. This tool made millions off of Girls Gone Wild, mostly chicks flashing the camera, kissing other girls, which in the late 90s and early 2000s seemed real risque. But according to his Wikipedia page, she's done a lot to earn him the title of tool. At various times, he's been convicted of tax evasion, bribery, false imprisonment, assault causing great bodily injury, dissuading a witness, and record-keeping violations, and has pled no contest to child abuse and prostitution. What? Who is this tool? I 110% have no clue. Mm. Oh. 110%. The mm. founder of Girls uh, Gone Wild. That is Joe Francis. Mm. Name that tool. And a true tool. Is yeah. he um, still in jail, by the way? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> we all hope so. All right, let's go to Jay in Long Beach. Good morning, Jay. What's up, man? Jay, how have you been doing on hold? Oh, uh, you know, going 405. 22 to the streets, back to the 405. Okay. I, didn't, I was, I was really just asking how you were doing uh, with the contest. Well done. Sounds hold, like some but bougie I, traffic, though. I appreciate the <laughs> Californian sketch that you just did for us. <laughs> All right, Jay. About 50%. Okay. okay, perfect. This tool is all about Jim Tan Laundry, appearing on all six seasons of MTV's hit Jersey Shore. In January, he had to surrender to the Otisville Federal Correctional Institution and began an eight-month sentence for tax evasion. What a meatball. But he's nothing if not a romantic. Just listen to him describing a girl he was dating. Paula is a natural 8.2. Like, she's got a pretty face. She looks good naked. All she needs is a little fixing up. She always just put a bag over her head. 8.2. Just needs a little fixing up. Sure. Like a Who bag over her head. is this tool? Is that the situation? It yes. is the situation. Yes. Name that tool. Jay sounded disappointed he knew. It's uh, all of these people should be. The real winners are the ones that actually aren't on hold anymore. I think we only have time for one more, Allie. All right. Let's go to Richard and Montebello. Good morning, Richard. Morning, gentlemen and ladies. Hey, Richard. So this... Uh, This tool replaced Larry King on CNN before being canned and moving back across the pond to do breakfast television. His name trends on Twitter multiple times a year, usually for something toolish that he said or did. But part of me believes he's just the king of trolling. Oh, and he was also in charge at the Daily Mirror during the period where the paper was implicated in a huge phone hacking scandal. Who is this tool? That'd be Piers Morgan? It is. Name that tool. 
Nice. Very impressive, Richard. And Jay as well. Also, Chris, you guys all named that tool and all are in the running to win tickets to go see the band tool. They're playing Staples Center on either the 20th or the 21st. We'll find out who the winner is right now. The winner is Richard. Richard. Congrats, Richard. You got the tickets. Yeah. And thanks for playing the game. Name that tool. Name that tool. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K Rock. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Thursdays mean at this time, Jensen Carp steps up to the mic. It's time for Get Up On This. Get Up get on Up On This. Get Up Uh, this week, I'm excited to get you up on a new and exciting TV show. It debuts tomorrow night. Oh, wow. Okay, that's how fresh we are. All right. This is before it's even been shown to the public. Because as you know, we've talked about it even today, there was too much television. Yes. Too much TV. Too much. And I see it as my job to curate and pick out the programs that I think you need to focus on. Okay. And this one is too entertaining to ignore. Okay? On Showtime, mm-hmm. the channel, I'm happy to get you up on couples there. Yes! Okay. It is so great. I told you! It is <laughs> tremendous. Uh, the docuseries is exactly as it's advertised in the name. <laughs> you watch a handful of couples undergo couples therapy with professional therapist Dr. Orna Girlnick, uh, who's been practicing for 25 years in New York Sounds City. Sounds sexy. You assume. <laughs> That's an unfortunate name. <laughs> the funny Girl-nick. part about Dr. Orna is that she's ki- she's foreign and she's kind of not, um, she's pretty actually. She's kind of nondescript in a way. Uh, and then every once in a while she'll turn her arm and you see like kind of a serious tattoo and you're like, oh, Dr. Arna's <laughs> been through some mess. Uh, listen, you're a fly on the wall for four different couples. They all are varying in years married, ethnicity, problems, and much more. And they were filmed over a 20-week period. Okay, so four okay. couples, 20 weeks. Outside of a few establishing shots and transitions of the couples getting into a car or a few quick glimpses into their home life as muted B-roll, uh, we, all we see is their interaction in waiting rooms and in the actual office. Okay, it's all shot rather cinematically. It resembles more of the hills than, say, taxi cab confessions. And it is fascinating. It sounds like you would feel bad for watching. Um, like it's so invasive and so personal. There are definitely times of that. Uh, there's Evelyn and Alan. That's a couple dealing with trust issues as Alan seems to hide his interactions and hangouts from his wife uh, and calling them innocent even though he just like hangs out with women at bars. Okay. It's odd. There's the incredibly complex Annie and Mao where a lot of talk about sexual compatibility comes up that may uh, show a light, uh, shine a light into much deeper problems. There's Alurin and Sarah. That's a queer and trans couple dealing with conflicting schedules about when they want to have a child. And then there's Deshaun and Elaine who bicker and uh, they have a ton of spite built up from over the years. And that now, that's now bubbling into something much larger. So let's listen to a quick clip of what you'll hear from the show. This is Deshaun and Elaine in just a normal couples therapy session because that's what this show is. We, we no longer speak the same language. He misunderstands me and I 
totally misunderstand him. Which, in what way? He'll placate me most of the time just so that he doesn't have to engage in a conversation because he thinks I'm going to yell or scream or whatever. I think you're going to yell and scream? I'm an intense individual, and that's the way I speak. Okay. But it Um, usually ends up with you yelling and screaming. Maybe we should get into a couple of examples. No, maybe not right now. Uh, no, no. <laughs> and, and I think we've all necessarily been at that argument. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everyone at one point in their life has had that. Uh, and you'll feel that in these episodes. Uh, now, in addition to the couples therapy sessions, now this we all have to, everyone focus. Okay. Mm-hmm. In addition to the couples therapies. Yes. You also follow the therapist to her own sessions because legally therapists have to go to therapy. That's something oh, I didn't know in that. the practice. Okay. Right. So you go, like the Sopranos, remember how we used right. to go with sure. Tony Soprano's therapist? You go and listen to her own insecurities with her job and her personal opinions of the couples that we've been seeing professionally wow. with her. Fascinating. Uh, that doesn't and then we cool. find out how, how crazy the therapists are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be terrifying to hear my own therapist therapy. I would never want that. Uh, now, I used to listen to a similar podcast called Where Should We Begin? That was with a, th- uh, a therapist named Esther Peril. And that's also very good. But it was only one session with each couple, no follow-ups, and you never learn anything more about them, just the one hour. This part with the therapist sounds like the most interesting part to me. Listen, it all works. (laughs) It all works. Being able to see 20 weeks with these couples is wild. 20 weeks with them is nuts because you see really different stages of their arguments, of their relationship. Nothing feels staged. Uh, The participants uh, really don't seem to change at all for the cameras. And it's the real first look ever into long-term therapy, which I'm a huge fan of and I think all of us on the show are fans of. It's made by the team behind the incredible documentary, which is also kind of a get-up-on called... uh, I'm going to try to say this without any possibility of you pulling it as a drop, but the documentary Wiener, uh, which is about (laughs) Anthony Wiener, and that's also very good. Uh, And it also has the same tension and analysis as this documentary. Who would want their therapy taped? That's a good question, right? No one. Producers say a thousand couples applied. A thousand. They said that they were inspired by the possibility that sharing their stories publicly could be helpful to other people who are having similar struggles. Or they wanted to be on TV. That's also possible. Mm -hmm. No offense to our pal Dr. Drew, but this is nothing like VH1 couples therapy, which is, you know, involving sort of the circuit of reality stars. This is very genuine, right? It's slow at times because that's what therapy is. But you have to commit to it, okay? This is a clip of a 25-year married couple that's having their issues in bed. Here is the husband, who I believe is most likely a psychopath, uh, who says he doesn't know what he's doing wrong, and here's Dr. Orna uh, after asking for clarification. Here you go. You don't know what you're doing wrong? Yes. Like, so imagine that I want her to do something differently, mm-hmm. right? I could get her to do whatever I want. That's not what I want. What I Okay, I, I also want to um, understand that uh, she's next to him. Okay, okay. so he's saying that. Yeah, well, okay. right next to him. What I want is for her to do whatever I want without me having to make it happen. To just, you know I want to get a glass of water before I ask, and it's there waiting. Wow. He is a nightmare. Wow. I mean, layers and layers of nightmare. There are nine episodes that will be shown of this series, a new one debuting every Friday night at 10 p.m. on Showtime. You can obviously stream it from their app as well or online, whatever. If you're a subscriber, you know these things. So watch Real Couples Therapy be a, a, a kind of a fly on the wall for people in their therapy sessions and your therapist's therapy sessions. How much do I need to sell this to you? It's this week's Get Up On This. Get up, get on up, 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 on this. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. 
K-Rock. We talked to Bobby Hundred yesterday. Mm-hmm. Nice and guy. Really great guy. And he was telling us all about starting his business. And he wrote a book about it. This is not a t-shirt. And it's basically about how many ways it failed. Yes. I mean, he he was, at first he took off like a crazy person. And then all of a sudden, everything that he did just turned to nonsense. And it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And we want to talk to people because I'm fascinated by people who even have the guts to start a business. Oh, That's yeah. impressive. Well, the percentage of businesses that fail yes. is astronomical. And right? you know that before you start a business. Right. So that's a very cool thing for me. So we would like to talk to people on the phones, 1-800-520-1067. You tried to start a business and it failed. I mean, the, mo- the more it failed, the better, because yeah. that's funny, right? Can we all agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not for the person who lost their <laughs> no, no, house of because not. they put all their money in it. Well, you have to be over it before you call us. <laughs> this isn't therapy. Don't be like <laughs> s- sobbing on the phone. We don't need that. You need you're, to be over it. You're not still in bankruptcy right, court. Exactly. Right, exactly. Okay. So you started a business and it failed. Now, what's the intent of this? Is to find out what went wrong? Like, what what, do you, what did you so. learn from it? I think so. Yeah, like the risk that people take, and sometimes it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about it now, things are okay. And if you wanted to start a really stupid business, mm-hmm. that's what I want to hear. Like, obviously, it was a terrible idea. What a horrible Uh, idea. That's kind of what I had uh, in college. uh, Well, number one, Hot Carl was kind of a failed business. Uh, but when in college, I had this idea that I still think is pretty good, but I had every friend be like, that's so dumb. That's so dumb. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Shower posters. What? So these are like po- posters what? like you know, right? Uh-huh. But they're laminated, <laughs> and they have suction cups on the back of them, and in your shower, you could put up a poster. What? Why would you want Why? that? Well, I think kids might want to see like SpongeBob or, you know, like... Or adults might want to see like a Baywatch picture, oh, Farrah Fawcett poster, my right? Gosh. <laughs> uh, and so I thought maybe you Further would want posters in what? the shower, right? That is honestly the worst idea I've ever heard. It's not great. It's not great. It really is. <laughs> and the sad part is, I still think it's good. No, it's no, like really terrible. There is no market for that. Well, I thought like a Spencer's gift. That's the perfect story. Or like yeah. what a terrible Absolutely. idea that you is. You don't think that thing would sell at Oz? No. 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 Fine. I mean, a terrible idea. Maybe like for kids, like having a Dora in there during bath time. That's what I mean, yeah. Okay. But still, no. That's my idea. You just said it's okay. Uh, no. But she picked a poster and, a, and an age and everything yeah. else. That's okay. a very, so, very limited audience right there. So so you're saying <laughs> you started a business and it failed, or you had an idea for a business and you didn't go forward? Is that what we're yeah. saying? Yeah, I mean, because yeah. I would have put a lot I've of resources one. into that. The worse the idea, the better, like we said. Yes, Allie, mm-hmm. you have one. I had um, an idea that I came up with on the air. With Dr. Drew during a segment, we were talking. Thank you. uh, We were talking about how he had prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And one of the side effects um, is when you have prostate cancer, you can no longer. (laughs) People can't see your motions. Just let her her explain it. (laughs) Can I say the E word? Hiya, folks. You can no longer ejaculate. You can say that. You've been, right. you've been okay. approved. You've That's been medically approved. correct. So, yes. okay. I came up with this on the air because I was like, oh my God, honestly, Drew, <laughs> that sounds like a dream. Like, <laughs> a no benefit, cleanup, right. no yeah. anything. That's wonderful. Why don't we come up with a dating service for women that want to date men that had prostate cancer and we'll call it prostates? Genius. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> 
See, it's I genius. thought it was wonderful. Oh, I like I it. Did it. Okay, so that's good. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right, this is good. I'm Yours is bad. Notes, taking notes. <laughs> Prostate. Right, I'm just I, saying. I came up with an idea that I've said many times on the air, yeah. and I've just never thought. I think there's one fatal flaw in it, and mm-hmm. that's the Car Chase channel. Not uh-huh. a bad idea. So you know how you do uh, Locked Up Abroad, where they mm-hmm. interview people who, they're the actual people who were trying to smuggle drugs, then yeah. they went into prison. Sure. Yeah. You do that with car chases, but after it's all done and they're out of jail or whatever, and they talk you through it. Like, now, what's the what fatal the flaw? Mindset? Because I, I still think they should have that. I this think the fatal flaw is a lot of times drugs are involved and they probably don't know a lot. You know what I mean? Well, like, they don't have people, a, but eventually you know, they'll come crystal down. clear. No, but I'm saying during it, if they didn't really, I don't know. I but thought then they can watch a, it and be like, oh, man, look at that turn. I remember. I think that, that would be fascinating. That's yeah. a good idea. I they could too. do the play-by-play. Like, what were you yes, thinking here? Yes, what were you thinking here? Now, again, yeah. if they were on drugs, maybe they don't remember what they were thinking now. And but... even them saying that, yeah. I'd watch. hear me out. We see them in jail also. Before yes. they get out, we get right. to talk to them then. And then we cut to them in the shower, and there's a shower poster. <laughs> just in the background. In jail? That's yeah. a great idea. There's a shower poster. I don't want to see the poster in jail. <laughs> nope. All right. 1-800-520-1067. Let's start with, uh, let's go to Brian. He's online too. He's in Pasadena. We're talking about you started a business, and it didn't work out. And by the way, let me just say this, because this is not a downer segment. No. That business didn't work out. That doesn't mean you don't have other great ideas that will work out. Bobby Hundreds failed a bunch of times before he created this incredibly huge streetwear line. So this doesn't mean it's the end of the road for you, Brian, just that your first idea didn't work out. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Hey. So what'd you do? So yeah, me and my friend decided to uh, buy a food truck and uh, start a funnel cake business. Love it. And uh, yeah, you know, and when we put the money in, got the truck, and you know, we did it with the idea like, oh, we us go to car shows and you know, wherever, like, bears or whatnot, and got in a couple car shows, and what we realized is, like, hmm, it's kind of expensive to get into these shows. Looks like we're going to have to make at least, a, you know, 500 funnel cakes just to break out even. Oh, wow. That's a lot and, of funnel. Yeah, it's a lot of funnel. So we weren't doing our masks really that well. I mean, um, you could sell then, a funnel cake for forty nine ninety nine. Then you only got to sell like a hundred. Right. Did Did you ever Did you ever try to just drive up and down the streets of the neighborhood like an ice cream truck and sell funnel cakes that way? Well, it was kind of like a trailer, so it's kind of hard to find parking like that. Oh, I see. Okay, this whole idea was terrible. Yeah. How- like, and my trailer. It was my van. <laughs> Do you know, how how long did you keep the business running before you shuttered it? Probably about six months, if that. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah but an expensive six months. Cake. That's a bummer, Brian, right. because when you think about funnel cakes, there's only really, like, one place to get it at a yeah, fair. at the fair, yeah. And I want a funnel cake right now. And if there was a funnel cake food truck where I knew where it was going to be, I'd go and get a funnel cake, I'm going to say a decent idea that maybe you could make work if you changed up the finances. Well, yeah, it's about quantity, how much yeah. you can get rid of. Try it again, Brian. Well, yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah, Try yeah. it again. Come on, use Brian. your money. Use your Put money. Put your money right on doing any end. But use your money. That's the thing. Once we did it, then, you know, a few years later, no, that's like the biggest thing happening around. You see food trucks everywhere. Yeah. No, you All just right. get Time. on the corner like selling anything. Right. Time to get back into it. Look, we're, we're telling you it's stuff. a great idea. Get back into it, Brian. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the Stop call, sir. 1-800-520-1067. Your business failed. We want to hear about it. Coming up next on k Rock. 
It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. All right, we're talking about businesses that didn't work out. You know, I don't know the exact quote, but remember, people used to ask Thomas Edison why he kept trying to make that light bulb. And he's like, look, I have not failed yet. I've just found 10,000 ways to do it that don't work. Is that true? Let's check with Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, Ruben was Thomas Edison's assistant at the time. So just because this business failed doesn't mean you're a bad person, doesn't mean something else might not work By for the you. way, it also doesn't mean that the idea you came up with couldn't work if you tweaked it. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. A lot of it has to do with timing and, and, uh, and other factors outside of your control. Like, for instance, JT in Pomona, he had a business. It didn't work out. Let's find out why. Hey, JT, welcome to the Kevin Amin Show, my friend. How are you? Hey, what's up, party people? Hi, Allie. Hey. So what, uh, what was the deal? Well, I decided to start a business where I would design T-shirts, uh, usually for the nerd culture, but with a little uh, more suggestive humor to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, it, it started slow, but it was going pretty good. You'd hit the convention circuits, and people would buy shirts here and there. Uh, and then, unfortunately, uh, my car broke down, so I had to get a new one. Oh. The new car had manual locks. And I was used to automatic locks. Mm. So after going to a friend's house one night uh, and I had to grab something out of the back seat, I forgot to lock the back passenger seat. And then when I got home uh, that night, by the morning time, somebody got in my car through that back passenger seat and just took all my merchandise uh, that I had in the trunk. Mm. Mm. How many How many T-shirts did they get? Uh, about a hundred, maybe a little over. Yeah. I mean, that, so, that hurts. Unfortunately, I hadn't finished paying off the uh, manufacturing debt I got in, so I'm still trying to get that paid off. So, uh, I mean, the dream's still alive. It's just kind of a setback, so I just got to pay off the debts and then make some I'll tell you, something like like a t-shirt business, too, you're at the mercy of so much competition online, too. You know, with Redbubble and Cafe Press and all these other places that sell T-shirts, there's so much out there. He's bummed already, Bean. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that's a tough business to go into. <laughs> right, but uh, we appreciate the call. You want to remind him of his debt, Bean? <laughs> <laughs> and seriously, lock your goddamn car. <laughs> your parents still alive? Can we? <laughs> what's up? You hear about hey, feline aids? It's crazy. Cats are dying. <laughs> what's what's that lump in your testicle? Let's go to Matt in Lomita. He's on line five up next to the Kevin Beach Show. We haven't even gotten into opening a restaurant, uh, by the way, which I think true. has the highest failure rate of any business mm-hmm. you can open in California. Hey, Matt. Matt, what happened? Hey. Oh, well, I bought an existing business. I had some money, and so I decided I'd buy an existing business. Got my wife all into it. She thought, yeah, we could do it. Opened up everything else, and immediately found out that uh, I was selling the wrong product in the wrong area, and immediately started to watch the guy who sold it to me you know gave me the spreadsheets everything look everything looked all right then i suddenly realized i had to pay taxes and all kinds of other stuff that wasn't in the anyways long story short next thing i know oh then i doubled down i got a little bit more money and decided to open up a second location good (laughs) good move open up a second location and then turn around and close it within three months uh after opening it with a huge debt uh wife's like going we got to get out of at least that one mm. uh needless to say uh borrowed money from family borrowed from money anybody who had you get everything me, right man yeah. seriously oh, don't yeah. change a thing oh, yeah. You're talking, <laughs> i could write a book on how to do nothing right oh, yeah, sure. so, wait matt this ends man. okay right this ends all right huh this ends okay you close the places down you found a new job you're paying off the debt 
Uh, well, we filed for bankruptcy. All right. uh, All right. Right. That's a great follow-up question, uh, Jetson. You Thank you. Feline eggs, <laughs> I bet you could never eat pizza again either, by the way. That was what it was at Pizzeria. All right. Thank you for the call. All right. This is sad, you guys. <laughs> it's not as uh, happy as we'd hoped. Let's try Moreno Valley Line 4. Let's say hello to our friend Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Hi. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you. You had what you thought was a great business idea, but it didn't work out the way you hoped. Yes. So um, we own a rental, a camping rental company it's called Happy Camper. And what we do is um, we'll go to a campsite, set up all the camping equipment, which is tent camping only, mm-hmm. and um, have everything ready for the for the campers. And nice. then we'll come back and take it down. That's, that's awesome. Idea. That is awesome. Yeah, but it didn't work out as we planned. Um, not enough people like to tent camp anymore. It's more of an RV thing now. Wow. And then um, we've had some bad customers where mm. they've ruined all our camping yeah, equipment. Yeah, I, I can Ugh. see that. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yeah. should open and a then... pizza place. <laughs> <laughs> how, um, how long did you keep it going before you uh, before the cruel reality that you had to shut it down? Three years. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. So there must have been a lot of times during that three years that you thought, hey, man, we're just we're so close to getting over the, the hurdle here. We're going to make it. Yes. Yeah. We thought... We thought we could do it, enough advertising, and it, it just didn't work out. It seems like a great idea. That's it awesome. does. That's sad, a shame. Sad camper yeah. in the end. <laughs> Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Allie, I know how you feel about hiking. How do you feel about camping? Um, if somebody was setting everything up for me, that would be awesome. But, I mean, there would be like a bed in the tent, right? And <laughs> sure, Wi-Fi yeah. and AC. Wi-Fi, uh-huh. TV, the whole deal. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's go to Fontana. Adrian's up next. Line three on K-Rock. Hey, Adrian. Hi. Uh, sorry, try again. Hello. Hello? Yes. Yes. Adrian, what was yeah. your business? Hey, Ellie. Hey, Adrian. It's <laughs> good so start. My business was, I was touring around Echo Park and started seeing all these hot dog people. So I decided to sell vegan hot dogs. Vegan oh, hot dogs. Wow. Great vegan idea. Hot, in the right area, dogs. yeah. Yeah, perfect location, yeah. Right. So I had the location, I had the people, especially a Latino guy, which I didn't know about, but like, Oh, oh, I think your phone is breaking out. up. The bummer, yeah. Oh, uh, thanks I... for the memories. Oh. File. file. <laughs> I mean, I think file. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's do one more, and let's make it James in Pasadena. I think, Jensen, you're going to be, he's on line two. Yep. I think you're going to be very, very excited mm-hmm. when you hear what James has oh. to say. Great, Jaime. It's no worries. Oh, sorry. All right, what's up? Okay, so uh, I think the gentian just doesn't have enough faith in his idea. Oh, I love the idea of the posters park. in the shower. The- James, did you yeah. hear the idea and you you understood yeah. it? <laughs> Let me just recap. Well, he wants uh, to put posters yeah. in showers, laminated posters yes. in showers. Well, not laminated when they start. <laughs> but, but you you guys aren't un- aren't understanding the angle. Okay, right? mm-hmm. we could be the first. We could be the first company. That could go to Nickelodeon and a Playboy. Yeah, we could I'm... we could do the SpongeBob side. Yep, and the more uh, adult side. Jensen, James. James. Oh, yeah. Are you cut out? Are you taking the deal? This is my Shark Tank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we need to talk about the specifics, but I'm telling you, man, this has wheels. Hmm? Okay. Yeah, there are no well, I'm not wheels, putting wheels and, on the posters. Uh, and for this reason, I am out. <laughs> well, listen, listen, when James and I are billionaires, oh my God, and I never come back imagine? into work, <laughs> that'd be awesome. It's shower posters, baby. <laughs> Good luck to you both. Other, other, 
Well, and otherwise, we could always open up a vegan hot dog stand. There you yeah, go. Let's we get back better up. phones. <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Sally's got what's happening here on a Thursday. Do you think any of the Rams are listening and they're like, uh, dude, we made it to the we Super were in Bowl. We the Super Bowl. <laughs> How much more do you want us Bean to do? Bean wants them to win. Yes. Well, what I'm okay. saying is, just like the Dodgers making it to the World Series, the next season you go, okay, but now we got it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You also jinx the Dodgers all in one shot. So. Yeah, yeah, way to go. Great. <laughs> nice work, man. God damn it, Bean. Guys, Woody Allen has a defender and frequent collaborator, Scarlett Johansson. The actress told The Hollywood Reporter in its new cover story that she wouldn't hesitate to work with him again. He, of course, has been accused by strange daughter Dylan Farrow of sexual abuse. She said, I love Woody. I believe him and I would work with him anytime. She's worked with him in the past. He directed her in Matchpoint, Scoop, and Vicky Christina Barcelona. Okay. Um, That's FU money more than anything. She was literally just named last week yeah. the highest paid actress. Because she doesn't care now. Like, it's, she could stop. It seems like recently she's had just yeah. kind of a whole list of, like, she wakes up and she's like, what can I say that a lot of people will hate me for today? You know what I think is interesting hmm. is um, I'm surprised that she's, she's outspoken about this, partly because she's got that new film coming out with Adam Driver that everybody is talking Oscars about. And I wonder if this will be a very unpopular opinion that she now has in Hollywood that will affect the chances of people voting for her. Hmm. Yeah. I th- well, she's yeah. never won an Oscar, but apparently she is phenomenal in this new Adam Driver marriage movie. I mean, to be making, what is it, 50 million or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She don't care. She doesn't care. She's. I mean, she's like living, living crazy. Or, plot twist, she's just trying to get the role, the role of Sun Yi. <laughs> she'd, she'd do it well, that's, as you know. Uh, hmm. That's a strange she choice. She should be able to play a tree or anything else. Yeah, she she's could play taken, anything. She's taken what roles she for Asians in the past. Yep. That was my was a yeah. callback right. to yeah. other things that mm-hmm. Scarlett's done that have been right. questionable. I think Woody Harrelson is the only good Woody, you guys. Um, Hello, Toy Story. Oh, you've never seen him. Oh, that's You're right. He's a good Woody. And Woody Woodpecker, too. He's good. <laughs> was that? That was it. Spot on. Pretty it good. It was awful. Uh, this is um, this is awful news, just because it brings up Mac Miller's death. But it's good news that prosecutors have arrested a man in connection with the death of rapper Mac Miller, accusing him of selling the musician counterfeit drugs two days before his overdose. His name is Cameron James Pettit, and he was uh, in the Hollywood Hills and arrested. Apparently, he was selling counterfeit oxycodone pills laced with fentanyl. Mm. Fentanyl is so much stronger than that. Absolutely. So, yeah. When that sounds like a bad business model. Isn't fentanyl even more expensive than oxycodone? No. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, no. oxycodone. Uh, no, I, I think fentanyl is being used to cut it because it's cut cheap. It. Mm-hmm. That's my understanding. Is it cheap? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or at least maybe it's a cheap fentanyl. Like, I, I, from what I understand, that's that's what all these people are dying from. Yeah. Right. Is that they're they're basically being uh, snuck in fentanyl through these drugs, and it they take too much. Yeah. Of course, Mac Miller, as we all know, was found dead in his home, and the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner ruled that he died from a fatal overdose of alcohol, cocaine, and fentanyl. So, if oxycodone wasn't really even in or even if they were just part of fentanyl yeah and it was just the fentanyl Mm -hmm. that is uh 
That's a bad, bad time for Cameron James Pettit. Yeah. Apparently, he expressed remorse after Mac Miller's death um, by texting a friend saying, I'm not great. I'm most likely going to die in jail. So he he knew he was wow. going to get nabbed, I guess, which is... Wah, wah. Sorry. Um, this, this seems to happen a lot to Taylor Swift. Houses broken into, stalkers just... Cruising right on up to her front door. She does have a big problem with stuff. Yeah. A New Jersey man was busted inside Taylor Swift's beachfront home and told cops he had taken off his shoes to be polite. <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, he Yet jumped, broke a window to get in, though. Yeah, he jumped the fence outside of her Rhode Island beach house um, and left his shoes outside. And the cop said, what are you, what are you doing? Where are your shoes? And he said... Well, I was always taught that when you go into someone's home, you have to take your shoes off. Oh, I did polite. it because I was polite. No one taught him about the window. No one, Nobody ever <laughs> said, listen, don't break a window and go into a stranger's home uninvited. Yeah. But the shoe thing, I remember. Yeah, I got it down. Wow. I think this happens to Taylor a lot because her fans have made her house's locations public. Yeah. And she can only be in one at a time, so people know when she's not there. So, unfortunately, it's kind of kind of open season. Which one is she at right now, Bean? I don't know. Which Why would one? I know? New York. <laughs> <laughs> Weirdo. Kevin? Yes. Good news. Friends. Nope. Okay, good. Your boy, Kevin James, <laughs> has been tapped as a lead for Netflix's upcoming multi-camera sitcom, The Crew. Is it Heimer? Here's the thing about Kevin James and our own Kevin Ryder. What was the movie where he wrote the little... Paul Blart? Thing? Paul yes. Blart. Do you know Kevin's feelings about Paul Blart? He loves it. It was very funny. Loves yeah, it. He loves it's it. physical loves comedy. It's very funny. ran into the glass. He <laughs> couldn't get... Listen to the people, joy. <laughs> people running into things and falling. It just makes and me so funnier. happy. It's funnier because he's kind of fat. He's kind of fat. That's very true. <laughs> well, and he's on a Segway and he just looks so silly. And it's in a mall. <laughs> Let's see if this will have the same effect on Kevin. Kevin James, The Crew. The comedy takes place in a NASCAR garage where James plays the crew chief. But when the owner steps down and passes the team off to his daughter, Kevin James finds he's at odds with all the tech-reliant millennials that she starts Mm. bringing in to modernize the team. I don't get crazy technology. (laughs) Comedy. He's going to go, what's Instagram? Put a filter on what? This car? We don't need a filter in the engine. (laughs) What do you mean Instagram live might take off in this car? What? He's not the driver. He's the crew. Do you want to make a bet that at some point mm-hmm. he's on the crew and he's put, you know, he's doing all the work, and then the car takes off and he's holding on to it and being pulled? Oh, Kevin! I mean, that would be very, very him. Yes, Kevin needs yes. it. You need there that. Is, this movie doesn't sound like it's for me. There's no way you won't go see it. No, the, no, it's on what? Netflix. You don't even have a, to leave. You don't have to leave your house. It's a multi-camera sitcom. It's a sitcom. Many episodes for you, Kevin. Yeah, I'd have to see a trailer. It doesn't interest me so far. Hmm. Kevin James, if there's anyone funnier than Kevin James, I want names. <laughs> I mean, where Jeff, do you want us to start? Jeff Van Gundy and Kevin Ryder are the same person. I've said that dare for years. You? For years. This isn't for me. All right. We'll see. I'm holding you to it. Okay. <laughs> when you're walking I around, I do love, being, though, you know, that you couldn't just say it wasn't for you. You said, I'm going to have to see a trailer. Well, I mean, you know, I decide for myself. <laughs> like just you guys, with your peer pressure and whatnot. The description wasn't enough to say no. You're like, gotta see the trailer. I have to see if a fat guy falls. If he does, I'm probably gonna see it. <laughs>
Oh, good Lord. All right, some birthdays for you. Michael Keaton, Rose McGowan, Brad Wilk, by the way. Prophets of Rage, September 11th and the 12th at the Mayan, you guys. And a late addition to the birthday list. Good Lord. Mr. Bob Newhart. Legend. A legend. And can I say, if you have a few minutes today, just Google Bob Newhart book interview nightmare where he had to (laughs) step in and do an interview on TV with this like retired colonel that had written the book. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Bob Newhart had no time to read the book at all. Sits down to do this interview. It is one of the funniest things I have ever seen because I'm just going to say that uh, retired colonel. Mm -hmm. Bonkers! (laughs) It is so funny, you guys. That's a little, I don't know, 50, 60 year old comedy bit that you could watch right there on the YouTubes. That's what's happening. We're a current radio show. Sure. (laughs) It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. One of the oldest rivalries in sports, the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers kick off season number 100 for the National Football League tonight. And you know, for 97 of those years, our next guest has been giving us picks on the air. Hit it, Steve! Because he's R.J. Bell! R.J. Bell! Yes, he's R.J. RJ Bell is the founder of Pregame.com, the exclusive odds provider for the Associated Press. This is actually, I joke, but this is actually season six, RJ. And I just saw your tweet at RJ in Vegas. Have you had a winning record on our show every year you've been on our show? That is correct, sir. But wow. Okay. I will say this. I'm a little concerned. Oh, all right. Now, you're going to think I'm doing this ironically, that I'm kind of joking. No, no, no. Because let's be honest, Kevin Bean is a staple in Los Angeles. When I'm in town, I'm, I would say, recognized, or at least when people hear my name, it's like, oh, Kevin and Bean, more than any city, any show. So, mm-hmm. first of all, congrats to you guys for that. But here's what I'm concerned about. Five years ago was year one. We won. Year two, one, three, <laughs> one, four, one, five, one. Now, think about the kid who's now 14. And started listening when he was nine. Right. Uh-huh. He's right. thinking there's nothing but winning in Vegas. Right. Vegas is easy. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that affecting the children? He's oh, like, what about the to kids? lose this year. He's like the kids in Boston. All they know are championships. That's right. You're the city of Boston, RJ. But did here's the difference. Did you say you're going to try to lose this year? <laughs> no, I'm saying even if I did, I'm not sure I could, but I should see. I? Oh, I see. Okay. And, and the whole Boston thing's just plain. It's like maybe one-tenth as important. Because what's the, what's the consequence if you think you're going to win a championship? Disappointment. Right. But what happens if you skip college and yeah. move to Vegas? Bankruptcy. <laughs> Potentially. Yeah. Think the kids. That's what RJ is saying. That's what he's always said. I want to start with this first question because I asked the kids this uh, off the air and they didn't have an answer. Am I imagining it or is the first game of every NFL season usually the winner of last year's Super Bowl? And if that's true, why is that not the case this year? Okay, so 
yes, that's historically been the case. And you know something? I hadn't thought of it till this moment. So uh, the only exception to that was the Ravens because of something with, I think, a baseball Oh, because the game. Orioles were playing. They yeah. ended up being on the road instead of being at home, which is what the, the uh, typical advantage is. My only thought could be, and I can check in and, and uh, email Dave on this if you want, but my thought is, hey, the Patriots seem to win it every year. Maybe it's getting boring. Let's do something different. I don't know. Hmm. Or it's a, a tip, you know, a tip of the hat to the hundredth season. So they went with that big rivalry tonight. Yeah, Paris and, and Packers, keep it. Oh, that's an interesting point, right? And remember, the Patriots host the Steelers on Sunday, and it's Sunday Night Football. So it's certainly getting that premier spot. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Before we get into some of the specifics about Week One, how about an overview? Because you know, a lot of people who may be casual football fans maybe don't follow the ons and offs of what's happening during the off season. How do the Chargers and the Rams look this year compared to how they left last season? And all joking aside, this is the the hit I do, the segment in which we keep it highest level. Does it prevent us winning every year? No, but that's what we try to do. If you're a casual fan, <laughs> He's you answer the goddamn today. question. <laughs> Taking some long walks today. What <laughs> the hell, man? <laughs> Listen, we know you guys get new listeners every that year. That was right? a specific okay. question. All right, all right. Imagine, <laughs> imagine the eight-year-old who's now 15. <laughs> all right, so... I, you know, I got distracted. What was the question? No. <laughs> so right now, here's the overview. Right now, amazingly, the Patriots are not the Super Bowl favorite. The number oh. two, oh. the Kansas City Chiefs, Whoa. have taken the lead about seven to one. Patriots a little bit more than seven to one. So right in that range. And then the Saints, Eagles, and Rams. Rams are the fifth favorite, and by the way, conveniently the sixth favorite. The Chargers. So the okay. two L.A. teams, number five, number six. Hey, for the for the seven Charger fans out there, this is the team that the wise guys have said, oh, they're better than their record. For like the last seven years, I've never seen a team that never ends up actually good, but the wise guys always tend to like them. And once again, Chargers fall into that category. Okay. Um, do you have picks for us for this week, including tonight's game? Uh, I'll give you an opinion on tonight's game. I got okay. three three separate picks. Okay. So starting with tonight's game, and here's the key. It, there's a new trend in which don't play your quarterback in the preseason. Right. Now, I have a, a, a way I approach NFL. What would Belichick do? Because <laughs> I really believe Belichick is a genius. I mean, the distance from him to the number two coach, in my opinion, gigantic. I am a huge Belichick fan. Obviously, the results are there, too. Now, what did he do Tom Brady's third year? Remember, Brady's first year, he didn't really play. Second year, he won a Super Bowl. So he's off of a big, as good as you can do, as well as you can do, the Super Bowl win. He ended up playing all four preseason games the next year. This was like 2002 or three, And then he had about 50-plus pass attempts. What has Jared Goff done? A guy that hasn't won a Super Bowl, went there last year, made the playoffs a year before. Zero passes last year, zero passes this year in the preseason. So they're resting him. They don't want anyone to get injured. Well, what happened last year, the first game? Was he rusty? You might remember. First half against the Raiders on Monday night, Goff only threw nine passes, which is not a normal amount. And the Rams were... Uh, we're, we're trailing against the Raiders, 13 to 10. So I think we can expect a slow first half, 
from the Rams this weekend. And the same thing applies to the Packers and the Bears. Trubisky, zero passes. Aaron Rodgers, zero. We have the history of the Rams seeing what happens when that's the case. I like under in this game. So you can bet over under. I like under 46. I think both quarterbacks are rusty tonight because they did not play in the preseason. Okay, wow, that is uh, that's interesting to think to think that keeping them out of the preseason will make that much of a difference in, when it counts. I mean, yeah. that's the whole point of the preseason. Exactly. Ready. So if, if if not doing anything, not playing at all was meaningless. There'd be no point to the preseason. Right. All right. Well, listen, we're going to have more time next week. We have uh, Steve Aoki getting ready to join us in studio here in a minute, RJ. So we're going to have to cut it. But oh, I no want to. Sure. I, I can read the three picks if you want. Okay, go. Right. Sure. Ravens minus six and a half. Bills plus three. Texans plus seven. You said Bills. The Bills. Okay. Like from Buffalo? <laughs> the Buffalo that, that Bills. With the, with the dildos on the field? With, with, with Vincent Gallo leading the way. <laughs> RJ Bell's Dream Preview Podcast is available on iTunes, by the way, with both college football and NFL episodes every week. And don't forget, RJ is doing Straight Out of Vegas, which was the first national sports betting show. you got a little competition since last season on the radio. Not your, really. Yours is the only <laughs> show that counts weekdays 3 to 4 on Fox Sports Radio on Twitter at RJInVegasPregame.com. RJ, welcome back, sir. We'll do it again next week. Thank you. Cause he's RJ Bell. RJ Bell. Yes, he's RJ Bell. RJ Bell. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. Steve Aoki is here, people. Come on. Come on. Hey, Steve. Welcome hey. back to K-Rock. Yeah, what's up? What's How you up? been? Good, good. I'm so glad to see you. Of course, uh, electronic musician, record producer, DJ, music executive, best-selling author, cake thrower. The man has done it all. <laughs> you know, I'm a little bit nervous because the last time we had you in, Steve, was for the documentary, which wasn't that long ago. Yeah. And now you've written your autobiography. Where are you going? Because I feel, <laughs> you're is, in a rush. Yeah. I feel like you're saying goodbye. <laughs> this is end of career stuff. Why no, no, at 42 no. are you doing all this stuff? No, no, I mean, well, the doc was once the doc came out. Obviously, we. We dove a bit deeper into my personal life, mm-hmm. and um, and that that was an exciting chapter to to kind of showcase to all my fans and you know whoever's interested even uh, looking into my life. And the book just goes even deeper, you yeah. know. Um, and I was able to really go into some of these stories myself and um, pull out some of that uh, the juice that you know I I couldn't really do in the doc. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was fascinating to read, and fascinating is maybe the wrong word, but to read the history with your dad and with your mom. Yeah. And how at one point they all met, which, yeah, had, to, no. which had to be maybe the most awkward thing ever. You had several several families you didn't know about right up right up front. Yeah, I mean, like I was so young. It, it's all stories at this point. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I don't look at it like this, this like a... Uh, horrific scenario it's more now i have an extended family that i love so i'm That's very a great way to look at it yeah i mean it, i mean i love my siblings like all, all my one of them you have to not like though one of them <laughs> <laughs> which, one? which one we want names i think it's interesting too because i you kind of always before at least the documentary and now obviously with the book you you knew steve was raised by the guy who created benny hana you're sort of like yeah that dude had it easy nothing's hard for that and then you kind of read these things and it, it maybe was maybe you had the privilege of having some dough at times yeah. but like everyone has their struggles yeah. and you had some really rough stuff I have to say this, like if, like, I think the general theory is if, if someone's always falling and they're someone's always picking that person up, mm-hmm. 
and that like eventually that person will not understand how to pick himself up sure. pick herself up it's like it's just to learn on their own it's, you a, mean. it's a basic theory i think it happens to a lot of people where if you have position to help people you're like okay i'm going to help you mm -hmm. you know but sometimes helping you in that way does actually disables you you know right long-term damage sure right so i don't think my dad was looking at like i, I think he was looking at it like that but he's just like he's grown from a, like a different cloth of uh, uh you know how he was raised in japan in you know in what you know his era of time you know in the 50s well, you, you definitely made it on your own there's no question yeah. about that and one of the things that i was so impressed about and it's funny this has been a theme on this show the last few days because we had bobby hundreds in here the other day who had a lot of failed business attempts before he succeeded and you made so many mistakes yeah. Almost every step along the way, you did things in a way that you would ensure you would lose money. I, I think in the end, what, like what I really wanted to show in this book too is that my life is between seventy to eighty, maybe even ninety percent failure. You know, like the you the, don't think of anyone like that. <laughs> I don't think you. I don't. Think I, I mean, could. I I I think I go into things knowing that there's a huge possibility that it won't happen, and I'm okay with that. And I have to do that, you know, ten more times, and maybe one one of these will happen. And still, to this day, how do you not get down? Because the, when that one happens, it's a, it's a glorious moment. It's a really big deal. Because when that you know? one happens, you're in the studio with Celine Dion, Kevin. That's how. <laughs> that's what keeps him going yeah, for real. Like it's like those scenarios. You're like, okay, we made it here. You know, like. I mean, even now, like, you know, I'm, you know me, I collaborate with everyone, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm, you should see the list of who I go after. It's, it's Yeah, it's I wanted to bring enormous. that up. Elon Musk. <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> Why not, is he tops on your list? It's an odd choice to go after. Well, see, exactly. That's like the, the chance of me working with Elon is very, uh, it's, it's probably like, you know, not going to, not going to happen, what but even I'm still going to try. What, wait, what do I want him what to do? What would it be? What would it, who knows? Who cares? Okay. Well, like, let's get He's in the studio. He's just an interesting person, and we'll figure it out. It's more like, yeah, let's get in the studio, and let's just mash our heads up if that's a thing that we can do. Are you and trying to get a deal on a Tesla, ultimately? Is that what this is about? <laughs> I already got my Tesla. <laughs> okay, all right. This is about that weird L.A. tunnel he built underground. <laughs> Steve yeah. wants to get the gigs quicker. <laughs> uh, we're talking to Steve Aoki, by the way. The name of the book is Blue, the Color of Noise, and it is explained very early on why blue is Steve's favorite color and it is a theme that runs throughout the book, which is fascinating. It's available everywhere now. When anyone sits down to write an autobiography, Steve, they have to make a decision. How honest am I going to be? How deep am I going to go? Were there any things that you struggled with that ended up in the book that were hard for you? Um, you know, like, I guess it's one of those... I, I, the way I look at this book, too, sometimes is, is the way I'm talking to my therapist. Mm -hmm. Because, like... A lot of it's the process. Like, why did I get here? Like, what are the questions that I have now? Um, I'm 41. I don't have, you know, I'm not married. I don't have a, a kid. You know, like, those are the questions that people ask themselves when they're, you know, when you're right. in your 30s and 40s. Are you going to have that? Like, so I do kind of ponder in that world um, because my life is, you know, as it is, it's full steam ahead. We do two, I do 250 shows a year, every single year, which is crazy. Yeah. And, um, and you know, if only I had some control over that. What is the you can do fewer. <laughs> <laughs> it is sustainable. I'm telling you, it sounds like it's not sustainable, but, um, you know, and it's like the balance, like, can I find the balance of, of, uh, you know, following this evolutionary urge to, you know, plant a seed, you know, and have, have like the family. Um, Are you looking for a family? 
Do you uh, wish you had that? I, I think, you know, you think about that. I think it's like, it's like, it's, you know, society pressures. You grow up in, in that world. You think about those things. You can't help it, you yeah. know? Um, at, at some point, I will. You know, it's going to happen. You know, I'm pretty sure. It's going to have like, to happen you know. on a plane, but you will. <laughs> I feel like I, I enjoy self-sabotaging myself. Do you think maybe a part of you is afraid? Okay, of why don't you lie commitment? down for this part of the interview? <laughs> <laughs> so we got to start. Charging. We charge about two fifty an hour. Afraid of of the the family, the marriage, all of that. So you're keeping yourself so busy that that can be your excuse for now that you don't have time. Yeah, I I don't know about that one because I I don't the idea of self sabotage. It's it's interesting that you say you enjoy it. I don't enjoy it. That was oh, a no. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> at, at all. Yeah. No. Because um, I don't. I, I don't consider myself a masochist. I don't want to mm-hmm. like hurt myself. Actually, I want to. The idea is to live indefinitely. Mm-hmm. You know, Thank you would live forever. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. To live as long Being, as we possibly can. Honestly, you're not going to live. For I'm going to live to be hundred. I'm telling you, I'm going to be living to hundred. <laughs> and and I totally get where you're coming from, Steve. Not only is the world a wonderful, beautiful place, and I can't wait to see what happens next, but a guy like you who is so in love with music and with creating music. You don't want to. You don't want to die and not get to work with everybody you want to work with, and not make every beat in your head come to fruition. I totally get that. You got a lot of music to bring us, my friend. And you know what? Like as I get older, I'm realizing that what inspires me, obviously, is is. I mean, music is. You know, obviously, that's my soul. That's like how I move through the world. It's my natural way to express myself. But you know, I love getting into rooms with scientists and researchers and finding out about breakthroughs and and uh and longevity and, and uh you know all these interesting things that are happening around the world now i have a platform to actually be able to have these conversations and be able to be in these rooms and find out some of the that juicy details of of you know like just tech stuff and what what not is going You're on. You're one minute away from turning into Tom DeLonge with his aliens. You know that. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I'll also, just real quick bring up the Backstreet Boys because I did that story a couple weeks ago when it was announced and I was like, that is not a collaboration I saw happening. I could not love that more. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to not only hear it, but see the music video that we made. Amazing. What is that, it's, tomorrow? The song's dropping tomorrow. Is the music video dropping tomorrow as well? On the 9th. On the 9th, sorry. Video on Monday. Okay. So so the video, you have to see the video. It's... You said it'll, it'll, it'll bring make your you to hair tears. Stand it'll bring you to end. tears. It'll bring you to tears. It's, Fantastic. It's a very it. emotional song. It's a very emotional song. It's like... Um, you know, that's why I love doing collaborations like this where, you know... You, you like you know I love doing the bangers for the, the shows like the 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 festival crowds where everyone's going crazy but then when you can work with an artist that can convey and push out feelings that make you you know just happy to be alive and happy you know to feel love and all those great things in life this is a, this is like you know what That's this what song is all for. about love you it. know so yeah you want it that way not wait for people to hear oh, <laughs> oh. all right well steve we know you have another appointment you have to get to the book is really really good you guys uh and if kevin read some of it how that tells you that you. tells you how good it is it's called blue the color of noise steve steve has a fascinating uh backstory and a fascinating career and a lot of uh, a lot of deep thoughts too it's a really really good book please Check it out. It just came out this past Tuesday. It's available wherever you get yours. Steve, thanks for squeezing us in, buddy. Great to see you again. Thank you. Thanks, guys. 
It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. I feel like we've been sleeping on the job. We've talked to Dr. Drew many different times, but he's never brought up opioids, and that's a weird thing. <laughs> well, that's on him. As far as I'm concerned, that's just a physician who's shirking his duty. Right? Hey, Dr. Drew Pinsky, how are you, sir? Hey, never brought up opiates. Okay, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> hey, happy belated, first of yes, all. Yes, happy, happy belated. Birthday. How was your birthday? It was nice, and uh, thank you, Bean, for posting a picture of me. <laughs> oh, it was quotes. a picture of Mike Pence, but okay. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> same boat, Hey, I, I mentioned a few minutes ago when we were talking about you coming on that you had a lot of very concerned people on social media after one of your weekend television appearances that you had worked out so much that your neck was going to explode. Are you okay? Was <laughs> oh there a problem? God. Yes, I'm okay. What happened? What What so, happened? He's just too right. buff. So, right. So, so because I've leaned out being on my no carbs, no grain, no sugar diet, some of the superficial veins come to the surface and I've got an anatomical anomaly on the right side of my ex in my neck and my external jugular sure. and people mistook it for my internal jugular. It's just a small vein, but because I lift weights and I do a lot of pressing, that thing has become rather big. And on that particular evening, when I turned my head and yelled at Greg Gutfeld, it would in, it would sort of enlarge, and people thought my head was going to explode. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so that, not that, only that's did what you hear. viewers write in, they tweeted you, but I think it wasn't it. Your wife was also like, uh, Drew, what's up with your neck? Oh, absolutely. She's like, shouldn't you have that check? I've had it for 15 years. And, and then she tried to respond as me, and I'm like, no, no, let me, let me, let me, let me do that. Let me, let me what really? But how bizarre is it that we live in a world? where the participants in social media today feel such privilege and control that they feel like they want to intrude into your very body function. You know what, though, That's the opposite way to look at it. I would say, hey, people care about you enough that they would point the... You should look look at the tweets. Uh, They were not like caring. They were were righteous indignation. Yeah. Not to play devil's advocate, but I have said this before on air. I know people who are on television who got emails about lymph nodes that look swollen, Mm -hmm. and they went in and got them checked, and thank God they did. I have absolutely emailed people that I'm like, hey, that mole, get that checked out. Were they physicians? Everyone thinks they know how to practice medicine, and that is disturbing. Frankly. Practicing medicine is easy, Dr. Right? Come on. Yeah, All we, right. we took out a kidney earlier. <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about opioids, and I know that we have, we joke, but we have talked about it a lot. But the reason we brought it up this time is a story I'm sure you covered on your KABC show, which is the case in Oklahoma where a judge held Johnson & Johnson, the company responsible for making opioids in that state, a 520 $27 million penalty was imposed on them for their part in the opioid crisis. And I guess what we were wondering is, is this the right way to go? Is the company that makes the pills responsible for people who misuse the pills? And is this, isn't this just like trying to blame people who make guns for people who then buy guns and shoot people, which I'm against? Correct. And this is the debate that goes on. They they were fined under a tort category of public nuisance, believe it or not, Uh, not uh, sort of some sort of um, sinister per se uh, sort of uh, category. And it's probably going to get appealed. But there are drug companies for sure that were duplicitous in all of this, and they should be held responsible. Why were they? How? How? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the one that really got me okay. was the makers of OxyContin, who who I'm, I'm going to tell you the pain management world thought that company was literally 
the sort of the promised land. They, they, there was a theological energy, a theological enthusiasm around prescribing pain medicines in my profession. It was it was totally nuts. Right. I was as I've said, I've been fighting back on it for years. But they saw that drug company as their handmaiden in this in this great crusade. They never once that company never did anything other than what my profession asked for until until it became clear that there was a problem and they seemed to double down on their marketing efforts then and for that is unconscionable uh, so meaning that they weren't specific of, enough about the side effects is that what you mean doctor what's that the me when you say they doubled down on their marketing efforts meaning they didn't spend enough time talking about how addictive it was they went they put in more effort into getting doctors to prescribe when I they see. should be going the other direction and they had various means of doing so and so to me that is a that is a a it shows a con a sinister consciousness or a lack of regard for the well-being of the patients and to me where where companies did that they should be taken to the mat uh but the the crazy part is you guys bring up it it was it was my profession that perpetrated this as we have always done in every opioid epidemic the the first one as i've explained before was just after the civil war and literally thousands of doctors were eventually jailed because of that one and we got around the 1990s, and then we started finding and jailing doctors for inadequate treatment of pain, and it came. It, are you seeing, you, are I, you seeing a – I'm sorry, Kevin. I ahead. saw a story about the doctor in Florida that was prescribing 1,000 OxyContin pills a day or something like that? The, those guys were – listen, if you, if you take the position as a professional discipline that pain is what the patient says it is, and pain control is what the patient says it is. It's a very small step to what, sir, would you like to control your pain? What combination mm -hmm. of pills do you say you need to be in control of your pain? Because what you say goes. And then there's another small step from there to, you don't even really need a doctor, just a menu. And you come in and you tell me what you need and this doctor will prescribe it for you because yeah. you're, it's what you say it is. Whatever you say it is, is what it is. And and, and I, I see that a lot with these like pain management places that aren't yeah, even necessarily. that was. Yeah, not that's, even necessarily that, that's doctors. That's been curtailed. Yeah. That's been massively curtailed. Good. Okay. Um, are there a lot of doctors being arrested, charged in jail right now in this that, country? That, I actually went to Washington and uh, was in a meeting with Jeff Sessions. And he said, he goes, we're going after these people. And he goes, and I'll tell you something. We're going to make a difference. We're going to turn this thing around. It was inspired. I was inspired when he said that. And I'll be damned if six months later things hadn't turned around. He went after a lot of people hard, and oh, that's now they're going news. after the drug companies. They're also All going right. after the manufacturers and the, the the people who deliver it as well. Yes, yeah. I mean, everyone is duplicitous. It's ob particularly after it became so obvious what's going on. Now we've actually gone too far, as we always do, where people who have legitimate pain control needs are having difficulty getting their pain meds. My, my position on that is okay. It's a little more cumbersome. They'll get it. Don't worry. Please don't panic. You'll get your pain meds if you really need it. We just have more documentation and more trips to the pharmacy. I know it's a pain in the butt, but it's because of this horrible epidemic. And by the way, the final chapter of the epidemic is what you see on the streets. Yeah. That when yeah. you cut opiate oral opiate addicts off from their pills, they go to heroin 
and heroin takes you to the street. You are a homeless person in very short order once you start heroin. And that's the final chapter now that's on our streets. Well, then typhus. Then typhus. And typhus, right. I'm going to ask when typhus comes after Which that. is yeah. the final. Yeah, that's the final. One final Why look. Why do you ever talk about any of these things? <laughs> he doesn't. Because he's too busy talking about how buff he is. All right, listen. My final question, Dr. Drew. I just read an article this morning about the opioid crisis has now hit Australia. They have twice as many deaths now as they did 10 years ago. And the number that was given in that article referenced 400,000 deaths in the United States since this current opioid crisis. Does that right. number sound even possible to you? Oh, it sounds it sounds right to me. Oh, it my right God. To me. And, and, there's, and because they're doing nothing about the mental health component, no, no active campaign for the mental health component of our homeless crisis, all these people are going to die, too. The current campaign is give them a place to live. They'll be fine. Just let them keep doing their drugs. If you, a drug addict, either goes to an institution, a jail, or dies, you take away institution and jail, you take away all the drug laws, you are committing homicide. And so there, these people are all going to die, too, if something very aggressive isn't done. I want you guys to think about that number, 400,000 yeah, Americans dead crazy, in the surgery right? crisis. It's yeah, and, astonishing. And you know what the horrible thing is? Everyone gets on with their drug addicts. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Addiction strikes the young, the yeah. best, the brightest. Amen. It does not, they make them do horrible things once they're in it. These are wonderful individuals that yeah. are stricken by a horrible illness. This could start. Also, this could start with back pain. Like this, it doesn't. It just keeps snowballing. Oh yeah, you can take it like I can't the doctor tell you prescribes. How many patients yeah. I've, I, who are in recovery, doing well, call me and say they have back pain. I say to them, please, whatever you do, do not tell a physician you have back pain. Mike Mike Starr was dead two weeks later. I begged him not to tell a doctor. Begged Dr. Him. Drew is on middays live, uh, ten excuse me, noon to three on seven ninety K ABC. Has a bunch of great podcasts, by the way. You can catch up on it drdrew.com. And don't forget, you can get a physician who won't bring you oxycontin. In the comfort of your own home with the Heal app or the App Store or Google Play is where you want to download that. Dr. Drew, happy belated birthday again. Thank you so much for jumping on. We really appreciated the talk. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. The Kevin and Bean Show, the world famous K-Rock. And we have time for one more look at what's happening. Here's Allie. Remember when we first heard that different artists were not allowing cell phones at their gigs and we were like, wait, how's that going to work? How Mm -hmm. are you doing it? Um, Essentially, they want you to go to their show. They want you to be in the moment. They want you to enjoy and be present. They don't want to look out and see a bunch of cameras up filming them. Right. Just enjoy it. And so, this is where the uh, the yonder bag came uh, Yeah, from, they've right? got the yonder pouch, so you stick it in the pouch. You don't have the phone the whole time. You can go to the designated area if you, there's an emergency, you need to check your phone, whatever. Otherwise, you pick up your phone at the end of the show. I am nothing without my following. Uh, well, there is one woman, um, not not a fan of this at all. She recently went to a show and she had a lot of things to say about it. And I just want to thank listener Ann Hansen who tagged me on this post because this is a two-parter. The first we'll just hear from this fan who is not a fan, Jack White. Okay, so we are at stupid Jack White concert because Kyle wanted to go and I am shook to my core. It's a no-phone concert. So you have to put your phone in these little baggies to lock them up. I'm in a designated phone area right now, which is the only reason I can be on my phone, which is like far away. And the worst part is you have to walk through the gross designated smoking area to get to the designated phone area. It's ridiculous. You, Jack White. 
Not a fan, right? I mean, don't go. Uh, so I was just laughing at this video, and then I, I realized uh, she had tagged me on the post on official Jack White Live, and he captioned it, F you, Jack White. <laughs> He posted this video. <laughs> it brought me so much joy to see that he saw that and was like, okay, that's great. Let me repost this with the words, F you, Jack White. <gasps> you guys, that's just good stuff. Yeah, agreed. That's just and, good stuff. And she's a, she's a moron. Well, and a few of the comments were very funny. Like, if you stopped that woman from being in the concert... Thank you. You, <laughs> right. did, you did everyone that was there a, a huge service. Yeah, she didn't even want to be there. No. It's What's her boyfriend that invited her? She didn't want to go. So dumb. <laughs> <sighs> you guys, this, uh, I mentioned this earlier, and I'm going to tell you, I haven't stopped thinking about it. If you couldn't score tickets to Elton John's farewell tour, <laughs> suckers, right? Kevin, you went. I did. I went. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my life. He played for like 12 hours. It's amazing. It was unbelievable. He played for like four, but still, it was <laughs> awesome. You do have another chance to hear his songs live in concert. You know hey, how they, they sometimes do shows um, at the Hollywood Bowl or they do it at uh, the Greek where they show a movie at the same time as an orchestra on the stage. Yep. One of the best ones is uh, the Halloween show. With Nightmare our friend. Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Danny Elfman. With Danny Elfman. <laughs> you, Kevin. <laughs> so they show it while it's happening. It's amazing. People sing along. It's a good time. Well, they are doing that with Rocket Man, which, let's be honest, did I see it four times in the theater? Yes. Four times? Have I also watched it as well since it just came out last week? Yes, I have as well. I wow. love that movie. I love Taron Edgerton. I loved everything about it. So the fact that they are going to do this on the screen at the Greek Theater for I'm screaming. One night only, October 17th, with live musical accompaniment by the Hollywood Symphony Orchestra, each song being played live to picture in sync with the film, with the soundtrack, is no, going to perform. No, Isn't just that crazy? at the same time with the film, uh, Tiny Dancer, Honky Cat, your song. <laughs> Guess what else, you guys? Elton John and Taron Edgerton are going to be there, and they're going to sing some songs too. Oh, you guys, honestly, I have broken more Elton John records. He seems to have a lot of records, and we beat. And I, by the way, I don't have a musical instrument. I don't have a guitar or an organ. No organ. Elton has an organ. Okay. All right. Sir, sir, you're ruining the whole story. Rocket Man live in concert on sale tomorrow. It's happening at the L.A. Greek Theater for one night only, October 17th. <gasps> is it Heimer? It is not Heimer. It's Elton yeah, John. This is David Hasselhoff. Hi. Listen, um, I wanted to figure out how yeah. to get tickets if I get down there. Oh, well, tickets go on sale tomorrow. So just go to the website for yeah, the Yeah, but Greek where theater. do I, where, mm -hmm. where can I get them? I mean, they're yep. like, where is, is there? Well, it's AXS.com. Yeah, can I come to your radio station tonight and pick up something? Or can I just no. go down there? Because no, just go tickets down there. Yeah. are on sale tomorrow. So we don't have tickets. I'm going to be online tomorrow trying to get yeah, them. Where, uh -huh. um, do you think there's rooms at the Marriott available? Do you know? Um, I don't know because <laughs> I'm not in charge of hotels. But uh, possibly. I don't know if something Major makes... fan of K-Rock. Okay, thank I love you. I'll you know, yeah. introduce the Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, they're not playing Again, there. Again, it's, it's Rocket Man. It's the movie happening at the same time with an orchestra. 
Yeah. Elton John and Taryn Edgerton. How far is 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 the the the, uh, the festival from uh, the Marriott in Palm Desert? Do you know? Well, probably Quite a ways. like two and a half hours, three hours. <laughs> I don't know. Depending on traffic. I'm not sure. <laughs> God damn, he's got a lot of questions, sure that does. guy. For a guy who's probably not going. <laughs> hey, Ali, can I, uh, do you mind if I interrupt with some breaking and news? W- and when do they get the, the, the stuff really get going? In the afternoon? I think doors are at 6.30. The show's mm-hmm. at 8. What? Got so many questions. <sighs> yes, Bean, you want to break in with something? And now, breaking news, boom. You've been following this you story know, all day. The, you know, the Hoff loves to loves rock. to rock, right. You've been uh, bringing us this story all day long with the uh, with the the questions surrounding the Kevin Hart auto yes. accident, and TMZ had has just posted this. Kevin Hart was definitely oh a passenger oh. in the car crash that landed him in the hospital. We know that because our law enforcement sources tells us the physical evidence proves his friend was behind the wheel. Jared Black was indisputably driving early Sunday morning. We are told he was trapped in the driver's seat in such a way that firefighters had to literally cut the wreckage around him to eradicate him from the vehicle and that he had injuries consistent with the steering wheel impact. We were suggesting maybe well, why that did, wasn't the case. Why did Kevin Hart leave? That's mm-hmm. a great question. That And that led us to think, and well, maybe. TMZ is the one that posted that the witness said that he yeah. saw the guy pull him out of the driver's side. Right. This is a conflicting story to previous reports. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we still can still more questions. Still don't know. Still don't know what happened. It's weird that he didn't leave if he was in such bad shape and go immediately to the hospital instead go home and then have somebody call an hour and a half later for an ambulance. A lot of things still don't add up. But this is the latest with what TMZ is saying. And they generally are pretty dialed into stuff. Like this. I'm right. with that guy. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, by the way, you guys, just a little Ryan Murphy news. Yes. Mm-hmm. American Horror Story comes out um, September 18th. It's, <laughs> Isn't that yeah. creepy? Yeah. 1984. It is based on 1980s horror movies. It looks fantastic. But that's just one thing that Ryan Murphy's up to. He has revealed his next slate of originals for Netflix. He's creating a 10-episode A Chorus Line miniseries, a limited drama about the iconic designer Halston with Ewan McGregor already attached to Star, and just a 10-part documentary about the artist Andy Warhol. Is it Heimer? I mean, he if honestly, if, if Ryan Murphy heard about a guy named Heimer, he would write a movie about it. Like, be good. It would be amazing, and we would all love it. God, he's so good at everything, you guys. He sure is. Unbelievable. And did you hear about this uh, Handmaid's Tale news, Bean? Is this about the new book? Uh, it's about a movie. Margaret oh. Atwood's follow-up to The Handmaid's Tale, dubbed The Testaments, the Testaments. is headed to the big screen. What? Yay! Yes. MGM and Hulu announced how the sequel will become an important extension of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, I'm, I'm here for it. The yeah. Handmaid's Universe? It's yeah. going to be out. Uh, uh, the Testaments. Here's the thing. I don't understand this. The book's not even out yet. Yeah, Testaments will <laughs> land September 10th and takes place 15 years after the ending of the original Handmaid's Tale. Okay. September 10th of what year? This year. It's coming out this month, in a week. It's coming out in a week. But the book isn't even out? Yeah, the book is coming out in a week. Oh, I was going to say, how are they getting the movie done before that book? Yeah, no, no. The movie, ah! it, the movie news is new. So they're going to make a movie based on the book rather than making another Hulu series is what it sounds like I hear you saying. Remember when I said, if you heard about this story? I'm mm-hmm. glad you had. Yeah. Uh, but 
But I'm still confused whether Spider-Man fits mm-hmm. into the Handmaid's universe now. Is he still allowed to well, be? And, and who survived from Thor's big thing? Yeah. That's a great question, too. I don't know if they're allowed to use Spider-Man in okay. this universe. And who is driving? Uh, and who was driving? Uh, Jared we will Black. Tune in. <laughs> is it Heimer? It might have been Heimer. Oh, Lord. Some birthdays for you guys. Brad Wilk, drummer for Rage Against the Machine, Audio Slave, currently Prophets of Rage, who will be performing September 11th and 12th at the Mayan. Uh-huh. Michael Keaton, Rose McGowan. And again, if you have a chance, just Google book interview nightmare with birthday boy Bob Newhart. It is one of the funniest things you will ever watch. Happy birthday, Bob Newhart. And that's what's happening. Thanks, Ellie. A 5 p.m. commercial-free hour with Stryker and Klein is happening thanks to a random act of helpfulness from SoCal helpful Honda dealers. Tomorrow morning, an all-new Kevin and Bean show. Uh, things you saw in your next door app. Oh, jeez. Uh, keep it 100 because it's Friday. We've got tool tickets and comedian uh, Anthony Jeselnik will join us in studio as well tomorrow morning. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. I want to set a couple things straight, Mike. Go ahead, Dr. Drew, go ahead. People keep pinning on me this notion that I'm against legalization of pot. I am not. People that keep pinning that on me need to kiss my f***ing ass. Thank you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.